Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Heck Yeah Comics Podcast. Heck yeah! I'm your host, David Luzader, and with me, as always, is... Nick Shermooksness. Fantastic. Welcome to the show, Nick. Thank you, David. You welcome yourself. I mean... Uh, th- welcome I, to, the, I welcome, welcome to the show, David. Oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, welcome to the show, dear listener. We do this all for you. Yes. And man, you- to... Well, yeah, well, I, I do it a little bit for myself. Well, yeah, I mean, you have a complex. That's true. But this is not the time nor the place. Uh, now, today almost almost wouldn't have happened if my D&D players were at all consistent human beings. But luckily, they're all uh, very unreliable. And thus, we had the time to do the show tonight. And if I love my girlfriend more than I love the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. You, you're the one that looks true. worse here. That's true. That's true. Uh, my girlfriend is recovering from um, a, a sinus operation, and uh, she's hopped up on Percocet and very paranoid, but also fiercely loyal. Well, what's great is I'm totally, from now on, going to remind her of the time that you did the podcast over taking care of her. Okay, but I need to be clear. She insisted that I do the show. She's high on Percocet. Okay, that is true. But she likes when I do the show because... She gets to be high on Percocet. Yeah, yeah. Whenever the the deal is, if I get to do a show, she gets to be high on Percocet every week. Every week, know, once a week. Uh, you know, this show also also almost didn't happen because some jackass uh, almost ran a red light and hit me with a car today. We almost lost you. Yes, it would have sucked. I, I like it was. It's one of those situations where the person wasn't really paying attention. They were they were like vaguely looking out of the corner of their eye. So when the turn arrow got to go, like the, the lane she was next to, she was like, "Oh, must be my time to go." Also, and yep. almost drove right into me. Did you yell obscenities and throw obscene gestures up in the air? No, but I it was I had decided like, "Hey, I'm gonna put on like some Sufjan Stevens as I drive. Like, kind of just have a mellow, like relaxed drive, and like all the anger suddenly bumble up inside me." <laughs> I almost went all Hulk on her. Sophie and Stevens can only keep so much down. It's true. Especially when I'm listening to John Wayne Gacy Jr. Uh, which is a song about a serial killer. Hey, I think we should talk quickly about bad naming conventions. Go right that, ahead. That seems important. Now, I just want to use theoreticals here. Uh, let, let's say you had a podcast called Oh Yes, We Enjoy uh, Pictofic. You know, like the Oh Yes, We Enjoy Pictofic podcast. Uh-huh. And uh, you decide to name an episode the death of the Oh Yes, We Enjoy Pictofic podcast. This is by no means referring to anything that's happened. No, this is, all, this is all highly theoretical. Wouldn't yeah. it seem as if you were ending uh, the show with a title like that? You know, uh, oh, I apologize, people. Let me get that out of the way. Um it uh in a lot of ways the the death of something tends to galvanize people and people tend to come together and and people you didn't realize care, that cared about the thing so much tend to come out of the woodwork so if anything our 
very quick resurrection is, is just a sign that we were so popular that we had to come right back. Uh, very, wait, wait. I, I, uh, I have had nobody be like, hey, was your podcast canceled? Like, I, I just kinda, like to think that they're out there. I just like to think that they're out like there. Like, there's one very paranoid guy. They're like, I, I, are they coming back? Like, right at this moment, he doesn't know until he or she like they, hears this podcast. They've made a, they've made their own, like, homemade, heck yeah, we love comics podcast uh, t-shirt. They've got the shrine. And they yeah. just, they're weeping gently as they rock back and forth in the shirt. But now, now that we're quote-unquote back, they're going to have a new shirt that says, I heck yeah before you did. That's weird and vaguely creepy uh hey, anyway before, we, before we, we have a we have that fan David. speaking of resurrections i'm gonna real quick hop on over to is wolverine still dead.com yes wolverine is still dead okay great good to know folks Let wolverine, wolverine still, dead. still dead heck yeah comics not dead yes we are actually really Alive. Yeah, if you're confused, just think: Are they Wolverine? No. So it was, it was almost the death of David Luzader today. Very true. I think like it's it's kind of like the uh, Final Destination films because last <laughs> week the ladder collapsed That's from under true. me. Like death's just really slow to work though. It, like it like forgot about me. It's like oh man, he didn't die in the ladder thing. Well, I don't have a filling. You know, I don't have a time until next Thursday to try and kill him then in the red light. You're on borrowed time, David. I I've always known that. All right, anyway, on to comics. And, man, what a light week. Just yeah. Not... Con- I mean, yeah, there, there didn't feel like there was a lot of books. There were some good books that came out. There were definitely some good books. The new uh, Five Ghosts of Fabian Gray came out, which it took a couple months off, came back with a really solid issue. I was a fan of that. Probably, I would say, the biggest thing came out this week, uh, which I'm sure Nick is going to now tell us about how he read it, was the third issue of the multiversity yeah i'm gonna tell you guys all about it because i've read so much of it and i've really poured over it and david take it away so third issue of multiversity the cover of which uh is a tabloid magazine called the just and the reason i'm now talking about it is because nick has not actually finished it and it's just really fun to put him on the spot like that. Anyway, this this Earth, Earth 16 of this issue, is a, a, a sort of the future's end of the pre-New 52 DC. It's kind of how I look at it. Except, except instead of five years, it's, you know, we're going a couple decades in the future. The whole idea here is that you know, all of those superhero sidekicks that were introduced or like replacements, you know, in the 90s or early 2000s that were like one day, you know, this is going to be the new Flash or the new Aquaman or the new Batman. Like this is a world where they actually took over those roles and mm. the, the old heroes are largely gone. Ray Palmer's still around. Uh, uh, who else was still in here? I mean, Wally West is still in here and Kyle Rayner is still around. But you have, you have Damian Wayne. Uh, as Batman, you have uh, Chris Kent as Superman, Alexis Luthor, because Lex Luthor's gone. Um, anyway, you got a number of replacements. And uh, at somewhere along the line, Superman created these Superman robots who are so good at protecting the planet that the superheroes literally have nothing to do. <laughs> 
that they just sit around in their costumes all day. Like they are, they are the tabloid stars essentially. You know, they're like the Kardashians, where they are their superheroes twenty four seven, but they're not actually doing anything heroic at any point. And uh, th- you know, in the issue, you have a- an actual mystery comes up that you get um, Damien and uh, Chris Kent sort of checking in on it trying to figure out what happens and some stuff ties into the bigger multiversity narrative and uh this was actually an issue that at first i wasn't really digging in the same way that i enjoyed the first two Mm -hmm. but really when i got to the end of it and more that i thought about it i've really liked it a lot Uh, i don't think as much as i liked the last one the last one i was raving about like right off the bat this one it had to grow on me a little uh but there's this really interesting part um where a bunch of superheroes have gotten together uh like the justice league the justice league has gotten together and since they don't have anyone to fight anymore they recreate old battles uh i wasn't really sure if they were in like a danger room type setting or what i was a little confused on that um but they basically like recreate their old villains and then fight them because that's I mean, because they're bored and that's how they, that's one of them says like, that's how we stay fit. Huh? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just really interesting what happened. I mean, it's sort of like the Jupiter's legacy idea, but not, uh, as Mark Millarish. And, uh, I mean, I really wish you'd read it because there's some really good stuff in here and it, it does build on the bigger multiversity thing. Like this is, again, this is going to be a great series to read, uh, when all is said and done. And just really, like when you when you know what's gonna happen when you get the ending, and seeing the threads very early on, it's gonna be really cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm you know I only got like six pages in, but um, I mean, I, I I remember saying I think on uh, probably probably the when the last issue came out and explaining that I was really excited for this issue. Of course, that doesn't seem to be backing up with me actually reading it <laughs> but i just i like when the next generation takes over i like feeling like there's a sense of actual progression which mm-hmm. obviously comp superhero comics aren't known for real you know there's the illusion of progress yeah um but it, it's cool seeing a world where okay it's not my ideal future for these guys but you know it's one of those things where where you you take you know, the idea that, okay, these characters are actually allowed to progress. Damien, you know, Chris Kent, get, you know, they get to grow up. Uh, the world gets to move on, but it also adds in certain things, like some other, like, logical progress, uh, progressions, like how can we, you know, how can we more effectively police and protect the world? And in this case, the super robots or whatever, you know, which in a real-world setting, barring events that might transpire in Avengers 2, of course, right. um, you know, that... If, if, if it works, then great. The world's better off for it, you know? But um, we obviously can't have that happen in, you know, ongoing serialized, quote-unquote, present-day comic books because the, the threats need to keep being, keep ongoing. Yeah. You know, so we kind of get a world where we get both what we want and what what makes sense, and it almost kind of creates a book that you don't like. You don't want to see these guys just being bored, essentially pop stars. You know, but it certainly makes for a compelling read. Mm-hmm. Now, Six pages in, <laughs> and there there are some really interesting stuff that these characters are deeper than they appear on the first few pages. 
um, there's some point where somebody's talking to Damien and they say, aren't you supposed to be the world's greatest detective? And he said, no, that was my father. Like there's just this, this connotation of your Batman. You're supposed to be all these things, you know, same with like Chris Kent, you're Superman. You're supposed to be all these things, but really they're not like yeah. they, they have taken up the name, but they're not quite. There's power in a name, but what does that say about the person? Right. They can't necessarily fill, fill the shoes that are left behind. I thought you were gonna gonna keep talking there right now. No, I, I'm sorry. I didn't. Experience. I didn't have a follow up point. No, no. But I bet you're pretty excited for next month, though. For the Frank Quitely Pax Americana. Pax issue. Americana, and I really like the cover of it. I don't know yeah. if you got to see it. I. It's the peace sign, right? Yeah, on fire. Yeah, the half peace sign on fire. Yeah, it's I. I mean. It's it's gonna be cool seeing the charlatan heroes kind of doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't necessarily have a strong attachment to them. I understand their historical significance, both from DC purchasing them. Um, obviously, Blue Beetle, you know, as part of the one half of Blue Beetle and Booster Gold, and then of course their inspiration for the Watchmen characters, mm-hmm. uh, which this is sort of coming back around and trying to tell a Watchmen esque tale using the inspiration for Watchmen. So. That definitely has me excited, but like I said, there's, I don't have necessarily a lot of emotional attachments to the characters themselves. But I will never say no to Frank Quietly artwork. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't necessarily have very strong emotional attachments to a lot of these younger, you know, like the uh, sidekicks. But after reading this issue, I was a lot more interested in them. Uh, I no 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 you first. I was gonna say, and I'm kind of glad that we were able to get rid of a lot of them because it seemed not not from like a oh I hated them so I'm glad they're dead it's just like if we're going to relaunch everything like we kind of need to get rid of these guys you know if we're going to like we can't hint that hey one day this is going to be the flash it's like now if we're going to relaunch either he needs to be the flash or it's just we got to have the one flash yeah i mean I, i'll be like with chris kent like i remember when he came out and i can't speak for older comic book fans or you know everyone's opinion but there was something about him that i really liked you know, and I think I wouldn't say I was early enough. I can't remember how long ago that was. At post two thousand six, two thousand seven. So I mean, I was probably like eighteen, nineteen years old. Um, there was just I just I like he was new to me. Like you know, I mm-hmm. didn't grow up with like Connor Kent Superboy. So in a lot of ways, this was like me. This was my Superboy, <laughs> as briefly as he he barely ever actually held that name. Um, you know, and I, I just felt that. He, he he had a very short stay in the DC universe. Uh, even when they brought him back uh, in the uh, in the new Krypton storyline, I mean, like they they did what they could, but ultimately it was you know it, that was basically barreling towards the the reboot, and and obviously he's essentially gone now. Mm-hmm. So it's it's cool kind of being able to see a universe where he kind of got that chance to grow up. Yeah, you know, to you know. Uh, yeah, I, like I said, I haven't gone far enough in the issue. Connor Kent's in it too, isn't he? Yeah, and there's a, there's, there's a, there's a, he's he's in it very briefly. There's an interesting um, idea, and I, I don't know if this was true of all because they say you know like all Superman clones, he's slowly going bizarro. I know huh. that that's a concept from uh, the New Fifty Two, but I don't know if that was something that actually happened pre Fifty Two as well. I think that's New 52, but I, I really don't know. Listeners, if, if you know, correct us. Yes, no, please. People, people would love to, uh, love to be corrected. And then uh, write 
mean comments about how you're wrong. Yes. <laughs> uh, but on websites that you wouldn't know and under names that don't make sense. Anyway, what else? What else? Let's uh, let's talk about something that I didn't read. Now, hit me with some Arkham Manor. All right, Arkham Manor was uh, by Gary Duggan and or Dugan. I think it's Duggan because it's two G's. And uh, just, Sean Crystal. He did an AMA on Reddit today. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, I've really never participated. I've never really gone on Reddit, except for brief stays. So mm-hmm. well, you, don't really know what that's all about. While you're talking, let me see if I can find anything interesting that he had to say. Pull it up. Um, and it it's actually basically released a, a week before the issue that it actually follows from. It, it takes place after Batman Eternal number 30, and I believe this past week was 29. Yep, 29. Um, and it, it, like, it was good. What I found with the, the various Gary Duggan books that I've read is that he's, he's at worst serviceable. I haven't necessarily read a bad Gary Duggan book yet. And I know that he gets a lot of praise for his, uh, for his, um, efforts on Deadpool along with Brian Posen. Um, I've read a few of his uh, or maybe there's only like two out I think uh, on Hulk he recently took over Hulk and I read a few of his uh, Nova issues so he definitely has an affection for the material that he ends up taking on he definitely tries to find his uh, his um, to put the best foot forward uh, with the material he's given mm-hmm. um, so in this case excuse me this is a another instance where he's sort of uh, piggybacking on uh, a status quo change uh, from another from another book and you know overall the issue was good you there's like no with the exception of batman like you actually spend a lot of time in batman's head throughout the issue which yeah, obviously I definitely the, heard it's a bat book you know i don't think he's going to be the prime the primary focus throughout the whole run i i certainly i certainly think he's gonna he's gonna come in and out um but this this issue was definitely focused on how he felt about uh his ancestral home being turned into the new Arkham Asylum. Uh, it, and, and I think I had mentioned this when they had first announced the book. Like, it's one of those best, worst ideas ever. Like, that's something you don't ever want to happen. But I think that they do a good enough job based on events that have been going on in Batman Eternal, justifying why it makes sense in a lot of ways, even if you and, of course, Bruce Wayne doesn't like it. And they, they even try to have Bruce himself sort of be that He's the voice of reason, even when he wants to be the decision's biggest critic. You know, mm-hmm. he he can see the value and why it's happening. And of course, it's not entirely within his control because uh, something that hasn't happened yet. It, it looks like he'll he'll be losing the Wayne fortune as mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. Uh, possibly briefly. But uh, they they mention it in Arkham Manor that um, part of the the reason they lost the house was because of losing the Wayne fortune. Um. It's, it, it basically is okay. They moved in. They you know, and uh, an obscenely short span of time, were able to renovate the house into a functional, you know, high security asylum. You know, they call it Arkham Asylum, like a you know, like a a mental house, but it really, I think that's a derogatory term. But um, it, it really is a, a loony wrong. Let's just say loony bin. That's what it is. Let's just go a whole hog on this. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but I mean, it really is a prison, you know, given the, the nature of a lot of the people that they, uh, hold there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but other than that, like, it was just, it was just, you know, it was okay. It was, 
the kind of things went on and there was a couple murders that happened. So Bruce was kind of upset about that. He was upset. He was more shocked and appalled than upset. But, you know, obviously that's going to lead into the bigger mystery of what's going on. And, of course, with a situation like this, you know it's never going to end well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of the the, 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 the nature of the nature of comic books is it's never going to end well. Things get worse before they get better. There was only one page, and I know that that, that uh, kind of took me out of it, and I know that it, I had read an article elsewhere on the Internet that had, had pointed out as well uh, that uh, Bruce, obviously being upset, decides to go out as Batman and, and sort of vent his frustrations on the criminal underworld, and he stops a couple guys from mugging this lady, and he basically gets them to apologize, which at first was like, okay, that's funny. It's funny that he's get, getting the... the, the the, the muggers to apologize and then you kind of feel like if he just left it at that like he left them tied up for the police or whatever call it a day but then he ba- he mm-hmm. tells the woman to get the call for an ambulance and she's like oh well, I'm, I'm okay I just got a couple scrapes and he's like the ambulance isn't for you and then she runs away screaming and he continues to beat the crap out of the muggers and, okay that's awesome and but but it's just like I, I get I can see the the humor in it but it's and I understand that Bruce is frustrated and, and you don't necessarily make rational decisions when you're frustrated, but it definitely makes Batman look like a straight up vigilante who abuses his, his abilities and power. Like I get it. You know, you got a few good licks and these guys are down for the count. You mm-hmm. don't need to keep beating the crap out of them. Yeah. You know, and Batman, you know, for all his, his lurky murkiness, you know, in the shadows being Mr. McCreepster, he's now he's supposed to be a straight up superhero, a hero, and and even though heroes make mistakes too, and you can chalk this up to Bat- Bruce, in my mind, making a mistake, it just came off as very bullish, mm-hmm. and uh, that that just took me out briefly. You know, even if I understand why they were trying to justify the scene, I was just like, uh, that's not really the Batman I want to be reading about. Yeah, you know, if, if it was if it was something like if he was doing that after like when Damien died. I'd be like, all right, he is straight up irrational. Whether you try to justify it or not, like I can see why he's just gone off the deep end. But it's like, okay, I get it. You're going through a lot of stress. Batman Eternal has not been a nice ride for you, and you lost your your home, and now it's filled with all of your worst enemies. I apologize for that, you know. But but it, I felt like the, the 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 issue that I felt like maybe what was lacking the issue was a real sense of gravity, like the. I, I was I personally wasn't feeling the gravity, so maybe if it felt more grave, more dire, then I could see Bruce being much more unhinged because of the whole situation. But I just felt mm-hmm. like he wasn't unhinged enough to kind of take the extra measures he did with those just basic muggers. Um, anyway, you know, Arkham Manor. If if it's the, the the concept interests you enough, I think it's a book that can definitely grow. Um, obviously, uh, it, I feel like it's it's obviously going to be finite. Um, but for the duration of its run, you, you might find it fun. So I, I would give it a, I don't know. I don't like letter ratings, no, but yeah, you're right. So just, uh, just go check it out. If you, if you'd like, go check it out. All right. It, it gets a pass. It's certainly not a fail. Okay. Yeah. It's one of those, uh, it's one of those books that I really thought I would be getting. And then time came and it just wasn't, wasn't in my hands when I walked up to the register. Yeah, and not not the not necessarily because I thought it was going to be a bad book. It just, I don't know. It didn't. When I saw it on there, I wasn't like, oh man, I need to throw this in my pile right now. But I mean, maybe maybe in six months I'm gonna hear that I'm missing out because I'm not picking up Arkham Manor. You know. 
Poor David, always missing out on all the cool new stuff. I am always missing out. Like how I'm still two issues behind on Superman. I know. Like the latest issue, like stuff happened. Oh, and I and here's here's the annoying thing too. Like so, yesterday I sat down. I got caught up on a couple of books. <clears throat> trees. Uh, <laughs> that was for you, Nick. For you. We were supposed to talk about trees today, Nick. Supposed to I, talk about it. I, it was your I idea. Know. Next next week. Yeah, right? that's what you always say. Uh, anyway, I was trying to get like cut up, and one of like one of the books that I was trying to get cut up on was Superman Unchained, and I go to like read the ones I don't have in bags and boards, and I realize, uh, wait a minute, why is Superman or why is Batman fighting this guy? And I have like bagged and bored the issue that I still need to read, uh, which is obviously for a comic fan like, a, you know, the worst thing ever that can happen. Now, now I have to now I have to take it out. I can't do a good comic book guy impression, but I can take it out of the bag and board, and all the oils are gonna get everywhere. And, you know, it's gonna destroy the value, which will is probably about fifty cents by now. But uh, that's beside the point. What are yeah, we doing? I don't, on the show? I don't even bag and board any of my comics. I have some that kind of like I bought them bag and board, like uh-huh. some older issues. But I most of my comics just kind of sit in the long boxes, completely exposed. Hmm. Yeah. I have to go check on my comics in storage because it is not climate controlled. Oh man, how long have they been in there? A yearish. Oh, dude, it's all one giant mess of of uh, colored ink and lost dreams. Damn. Yeah. Are you serious? They. Well, I mean, I don't really know how they're going to be reacting to the extreme uh, cold and then humid summers. Wait, yeah, weren't, weren't right. they in storage when uh, Debbie and I were there, and it was like the hottest, like day in Boston history? No, no, because that was when we were still at the apartment. They were all in the apartment, so oh. they 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 came they they got put in the storage in about last September. So it's been basically a year, mm. a little over a year now. I don't know. They could be fine. What do I know? <laughs> I wouldn't say this. Expert. This past summer was super hot, so it, uh, I'm gonna go make. Uh, I'm gonna do a little checksy on them. Right now, and that's the thing where, like, pause I there's some of them where I would be somewhat upset, um, but at the end of the day, like, I I'm a collector in a sense where I I like to buy them and own them and keep them, but I don't necessarily value any. There, there's no monetary value for me in it. So, like, if they got ruined, yeah, like, it, but it's a lot of comic books. I know, and it's that would be a thing. It's more that the the um, the quantity that would that they could potentially be destroyed right now. This is making me really anxious. <laughs> well, it's weird to think like I you know I get bags and boards because they're like super cheap, uh, and I put all my comics in there and I have them in long boxes, and I don't know like in this day and age it's kind of like why do I do that you know? It's a habit that you've never broken. Yeah, it, but I mean, hey, if you were in my shoes, you wouldn't have been wrong for doing it. That would have definitely, if if they're in any way damaged now, like that would have preserved them. Yeah, but it, it's just you know with with Marvel Unlimited out, and I mean, there's nothing equivalent to that on the DC side. Like as soon as there is, like that's when all my regret comes rushing in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, maybe like once I get a tablet, I'm going to be much more inclined to buy comics uh, through like comic reader apps. And stuff like that. I don't know. I, and I think there's still so much of that that is like unexplored territory. Or it's not unexplored. It's just unrefined. On oh, what? The, the digital landscape? Yes. Mostly in pricing. 
just going to harp on that again. Um, some, I think, you know, like that's, that's the only way that I pick up the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Cause like after I think a month they drop down to 99 cents, Yeah, which totally primo totally works for me. Uh, but yeah, I think, I mean, once that gets way better, I'm going to probably drop a lot of my physical copies. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I, I would do the same thing if it wasn't the same price, especially when it comes to Marvel. Mm-hmm. You're charging the same digital price, the same price digitally as you are physically, when physically you're being told that you're paying the extra dollar because you're getting a digital code. Wait, wait, wait. They charge, like, so if they charge. So you, you pay $3.99 for digital or physical, that but makes physically no sense. It's a digital code, so you might as well buy it physical and then just redeem the code. That makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, that makes me irrationally angry. <laughs> oh hey, all right that's how it goes all right now we got we gotta move on are we gonna do this event update <laughs> so this week we're talking about uh futures end futures end. more specifically nick is going to talk about futures end and and uh nick's going to talk about how even though he only read the issue what yesterday he's forgotten most I of it don't really remember what happened okay well you and know that speaks to my larger concern with futures end is right. that not that it's bad it's, and it's not, not even that it's forgettable it's just it's, not a lot is really happening it's I, I just feel that at least the last like maybe two or three three or four issues this last month really um and I might be mishmashing my events together because that kind of happens when you're reading these weekly books just so consecutively weekly. Um, is that, like, there's... there's Cadmus Island has been taken over by Brother I. So he's controlling the... I, he Okay, it is controlling the Omax. And there's a lot of superhumans that had implants in them, so he's controlling those superhumans as well. Only a few characters are unaffected, including Deathstroke, 50 Sue... Um, What's See, his name? Grifter, so on and so forth. Now here's, here's think... the interesting thing. Um, I haven't read Deathstroke yet, but given the fact that we know that Deathstroke currently in the comics is now young, sexy, and two-eyed, how are they going to reconcile that with Future's End? I have no idea. Apparently he's got five years to lose his eye again and get old. It'll probably happen in three months. Continue. Yeah, but... um. So that's going on. Um, I know that Amico and Big Barda, um, I think also along with Diggle, went to um, went to an, a different island. That uh, to I actually don't know if you know this, but Green Arrow's still alive. What I didn't. Yeah, know but that. okay. So so that happened while you haven't been reading it. I'm like um, I'm really behind. So so they so they so they're at that island. They haven't really done anything. So like they they. Went over like how the um, they basically did a uh, a highlights of um, how how the Earth Two characters came to Earth One, um, which obviously will be then expanded on in the I'm assuming World's End Earth Two World's End. The thing that's happening right now. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. so it's kind of like you already know, but now you're gonna see it splayed out over a lot of issues. Which I don't know. It seems like why even if you're gonna release an entire weekly series on it why even bother giving like a full like literally like a four-page recap you know in in a, in a different comic but whatever don't, don't um, think too much about it you know um oh, it's like oh if you find out that superman's actually shazam oh okay yes uh that thing i did know and i actually really like that no it's a cool idea 
Like, yeah. yeah, like that's the reason he wears the mask and why yeah. he doesn't quite act like himself, but he's trying really hard. I don't know. That idea is so cool. And and they're definitely somewhere in the last month and a half. I definitely missed like an issue. Missed forgot to read an issue. So, but but either way, like I know that like Constantine is trying to investigate something that's sort of kind of a cult, but more cosmic. And I think it all kind of ties back to Brainiac, who's be who's kind of revealed as the big, 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 big bad hmm. of the whole thing. Interesting. Um, that the, all the Brainiacs that they've seen from from Grant Morrison's action comics up, you know, to Brainiac events that we haven't seen in that five year period of the, the of the present day new 52 mm-hmm. um that they're all like drones and fakes and things like that they've done that they've done that kind of thing with brainiac before i know when, when jeff johns was writing superman or action comics before with gary frank he did that brainiac story where no this is the real brainiac brainiac's one of those characters where there's about a million different versions of him and they're all the real one the, until, until they're not the exa- real. exactly so, but this guy, and maybe I can find the issue. He literally is like a Godzilla type. Like, I guess he's huge and like basically a god for all intents and purposes. Sweet. And I, I don't, it hasn't necessarily been said in the book. I know, and this is pure speculation until proven otherwise. Um, they've been hinting that instead of collecting bottled cities, he's been collecting bottled earths. Uh, and uh, or at least worlds, but probably, but I believe mostly Earths, because I, I know in pre, a, week, a few weeks ago when um, Superman Doomed ended, they showed like a last page that had like classic okay, Superman yeah. punching through like all these broken glass, and then the glass they showed like the old, the pre new, the pre fifty two reality. Um, when are they gonna stop calling it the new fifty two? Uh, when it stops being new. Three yeah, years I, later, yeah. Um. So that so uh, oh, oh yeah, Frankenstein and the Adam and Amethyst and now Black Adam has actually joined them instead of trying to kill him. Uh, they're apparently the new Stormwatch, right? Um, and they're being chased by Brainiac drones trying to get back to Earth, I believe. Um, so that's going, but it just feels like that's been going on for such a long. Like everything's just kind of spinning its wheels. Yeah, you know, in place, like I feel like they make they move incrementally, issue to issue. So it's like I guess things are happening, but at the same time, like if you'd only had like this on a monthly basis, like you know, the story would be over by now. Yeah, and that's kind of the issue with, hey, you know, we're gonna take an event comic and we're gonna do one a week for like a year. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, it's... That, and it's cool. Like it, you're it, when you think about it, it's like you're getting. You know, if you spread the fifty-two issues out over, over like, uh, you know, you get one a month. Like, it would take forever, and you know, and yeah. but I, I feel like on one hand, like if you were getting fifty-two issues out just once a month, then, um, you I guess you'd feel I would feel more concerned as a writer to try and pack as much into each issue as possible. Yeah, but. It, then that 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 quote unquote fifty two issue story would probably be a much shorter story, mm-hmm. but you spread over fifty two issues, and then you inevitably get padding because you're kind of like, wait, we actually don't have enough content, you know? It's it's okay to have setup issues. It's okay to have issues that just kind of explore the characters as they are and not necessarily advance the plot in a meaningful way. But then there's just padding. Yeah. And you don't necessarily want to have a reader turn around and be like, I think the last four months of books I've read have just been treading water. 
It's, I mean, it's a tricky balance. You know, how do you... Oh, yeah, and Constantine yeah, found it? Superman, and he's got a beard, and he's like, so I did something during the war, and I'm not happy about it, so I'm hiding. And then he has to fight this weird robot Kirby-esque looking thing. And I'm still not really sure why, but I feel like this 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 setup has been going on again for like the last month and a half, and it still hasn't necessarily gone anywhere. Well, you know, what's important, though, is that next issue, uh, everything is going to change, and it's going to all make sense. Uh, sure, why not? So anyway, that's that's Future's End. Uh, I will. I I want to get caught up, but I don't know. I just don't have the drive to sometimes. You know. Yeah, yeah, I can understand. But I want to know what's going on, and I just want an entire like. Just give me a six issue miniseries where Shazam is Superman, because that idea is great. <laughs> there was a one of the 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 September issue. Oh yeah, uh, there was the one shot. They did, um, they did, uh, it was, uh, drawn by Lee Weeks, and I, I love Lee Weeks, and he, mm -hmm. he, he, like, does not get, I, I don't know if it's by choice or what, but, like, he does not get enough work. Yeah. He's got such, he's like John Romita Jr. There's something with the line work that I find that, 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 that they're, they're very similar, and I think they've both been around about the same amount of time, um, but it, there's something more, John Romita Jr.'s kind of, like, He's more Frank Quietly esque, and like the, his characters seem more rounded, mm -hmm. you know, like more like bulgy and frumpy. But um, but uh, Lee Weeks, everything's much more angular and tight, like a like a Stuart Amonin meets John Romita Jr. Hmm. And John Romita Jr. is like himself meets Frank Quietly, which I know a lot of people probably won't agree with, but they kind of see understand what I'm trying to visualize with words. That <laughs> there's you know, Romita's faces are more. Romano, whatever his faces are more angular, like they're more. Yes, keep using words to describe something visual. That's really yeah. gonna. Yeah. Hey, really this is what you'd have to do in a script, right, for a comic. Well, um, but you're not gonna describe. All right, make sure he has angular faces. Um, but like think of like Stuart Moe, like they're 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 harder, they're more edged, but um, Frank Quietly, everything's so round and like bouncy. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, if you think it, if I'm making any sense at all, let me know. If I'm not making any sense, yell at me. Uh, well, I, I'm not going to yell because that would hurt uh, people's ears, but you're not making sense. I meant the, the listeners could yell at me. You, I don't want you to yell at me, David. You'd be mean. Oh, man. The things you... that I would say, just they would cut <laughs> right to the heart. But uh, if, you, if you look at that link I just sent you, it shows you a picture of Brainiac if you scroll down. Is so. Is this the Brainiac from New Fifty Two? This is the. This is the the Brainiac. The the Brainiac. Until it doesn't need to be. And, until there's another Brainiac. But I this really Kermit, hope uh, that like eventually we're gonna find out that Brainiac is just Kermit the Frog. It's like the the Family Guy. I think with like Luke Perry, where he's like, I'm not Luke Perry, and he like unzips himself, and he's like a horse, and he's a broom. No, well, that's from. Uh, they're making fun of like uh, Jerry Springer and stuff, and it's like. I'm not really a man. I'm a woman. You are? Yeah. But I'm not really a woman. I'm a horse. I'm not really a horse. I'm a broom. And the broom falls over. Yeah, yeah. I, that. <laughs> I could get behind that idea. Oh, I'm man. sending you another link. Again, just a little bit left, left on Brandon. These were Futures End teasers they sent out. Okay. Uh, the very first one, it, the top half shows Batman Beyond fighting Batman. And then cool. the bottom oh. half shows... Oh yeah, I remember right, yeah. these. Are you? Do you have to go take that? No, door no, no. I don't. I don't know where that came from. I don't know what's going on. 
Oh, she just took more Percocet, man. Yeah, she I don't. Is. I don't think that's Anna. I think she's. <laughs> Maybe she's, she's in the walls. She, she probably would be saying something like, "I'm in the walls." She said some really weird stuff. Uh, she was also threatening everyone, significant others. Really? She was just like, she was like, "I just want you to know that I I love you." Like she said this to her sister's um, her sister's boyfriend. Uh-huh. And, and then, but then she was just like, "But I just need you to know that if you ever hurt her, I I will get you." And then, like she'd like zone out, she'd zone out again, and then she'd come back, and uh, one of her her cousins was here, and he's visiting from Panama, and and he was like, she was like, uh, "Do you have a, a girlfriend?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, actually I do." And he's like, "She she's like, I want to talk to her, and and she better never hurt you." And she just like did this for, and then and then okay, I, I know this isn't in the show, so she she loves uh, goldfish, okay, the, the the snack, yeah, and she's eating them like she she was she she's eating it, and she's like Nick, I love goldfish so much. This is after all the threats. She's like, okay. Nick, I love goldfish so much. Can we marry goldfish? And I'm like, uh, I guess. And she's just, and then she's, but then she's like, Nick, if you ever heard the goldfish, I will get you. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, I'll never hurt them. Uh, well, but you're you're gonna eat them, right? Like that's hurting them. I I think in Anna's mind that that's okay. I think right now her world is void of logic. <laughs> yes, and it's for our it's totally for our amusement. Ah, uh, fantastic. Yeah. See, it's so great knowing that uh, people close to us don't listen to the show <laughs> because we can just say things about them. Right. And right. They they get enough of our voices. Yeah, they don't, want, they don't want to hear us for like an hour and a half. I mean, they also have to put up with us talking about comics already. It's like, why would they subject themselves to additional... Like a concentrated stuff? dose. Yeah. It's like, I have to explain, like, no, no, Blue Beetle is really cool. <laughs> Debbie's like, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nick, uh, are you ready? I'm ready to keep this going. Okay. Let's, keep, let's get this let's keep this train on its tracks. Well, then it is time for your quiz. Oh no! Oh David, yes. David, why? Because because the people demand it. I don't know if they demand it. They my, demand. My, my family and loved ones certainly do not demand it. Well, man, you better hope that you pass this week then. Oh god, what's the threat? Well, uh, if you fail to pass this. They will uh, be brutally murdered and then stuff into stuffed into various kitchen appliances. Oh my God! You're gonna fridge my family. I'm gonna fridge your family because I'm going to be giving you a quiz on shocking comic book deaths. Oh man! Actually, I'm really excited about this one. Let's do it. Okay, so I'm going to give you the manner in which they died. Okay. And you need to tell me who died. All right. Okay. Okay. Are you ready for this? Because I haven't like I haven't fully written out like questions for this. This is a little bit off the cuff here. Uh, Most so, weeks it is okay. Well, yes, but I'm saying like in this in this way, I'm just going to be very va- telling you very vaguely how they died. Okay, so how they died, and I have to guess who they are. Yes. Okay. So first, they got a brain aneurysm, and then they were burned to a crisp with a flamethrower. Sue Didney from Identity Crisis. That is correct. I had to give you an easy one. I was going to give you uh, the woman in the fridge one, but... That, that would have been too easy. That would have been that would have been far Alex, too easy. Alex DeWitt, Kyle Rayner's girlfriend. I don't know the issue of Green Lantern that it happened in, but yes. it was shortly after he became Green Lantern. Uh, Green Lantern number 54. Okay. Okay. All right. 
Uh, I gotta think of a slightly okay. Uh, and it was by Major Force. Yes, which uh, gets brought up in Multiversity, which is why I'm thought of this quiz. Uh, okay, so sniper bullet in Paris. Sniper bullet in Paris. Yes. And this is all in this superhero. Is, sorry, I should just should should have specified it all so it's not just superhero but it is this is a very popular comic so if it's not a superhero it'll still be a popular enough comic that you would have read or whatnot a sniper bullet in paris can we come back to this one <sighs> no what no i i'm not cheating but i need to think about it in the back of my head okay well <laughs> twist right you didn't see that one coming yeah because now i have to think of another one like, right away i was gonna <laughs> right. use your thinking Sni- time Sni- sniper bullet in paris sniper bullet mm-hmm. in paris um it's not necessarily a superhero comic i can't no. think of any comic books that took place in paris not the whole book took place in paris but someone was the shooter dead shot no Okay, it's not, but it's not a superhero, but it's a popular comic. Yes. Uh... The writer of which has an incredibly popular comic out right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a lot of people. Okay. Um, I don't know. Who is it? What is it? It's Agent 355. Wait. From Why the Last Man? Why the Last Man, yep. Okay. I totally was thinking that. Oh, you should have said it. But but I didn't like I, I didn't want to guess. Which I mean, I don't know why I brought up Deadshot then. But I forgot that they and I forgot that they ended up in Paris in yeah. that book. Like I, I was actually just thinking about why the other day, because I read that, that Brian K. Vaughn article I sent mm-hmm. I sent you. And I was like I was like, Oh yeah, like it took him several years because they you know, there was no real transportation across the country. So I like in my head it was it was all happened in California. Like how did they get to Paris? I forget. Well, because they because they go looking for his girlfriend, they wind up in Australia, and someone there tells them that she went to Paris. I'm gonna have to reread that book. Yeah, I thought, I thought I thought it all led to from from the East Coast to the West Coast, and I, I oh no, they go all over the world, man. Oh man, it's been a long time. Been a long time, but that's an excuse to read Why the Last Man. All right, <sighs> Agent three five five three three five three five five three five five three five five. All right, all right. Well, so you're you're one for one. Uh, we'll go a little bit easier again. I'm going to throw you a bone here. Uh, Maxwell Lord, bullet in the head. What? Oh, oh, oh Maxwell Lord shoots Blue Beetle in the head. That is correct. Yeah, I was like, Maxwell Lord didn't get shot in the head. No, he got, he he got, got his neck snapped. Uh, snapped by Wonder Woman. Yes. Yeah, but Maxwell Lord shot Blue Beetle in the head. Yeah, which, I mean, that's just sad, man. It is sad, man. Uh, hold on. I gotta find. Oh, okay. Um, I I I don't know. <laughs> I really wish that I had had more time. Okay, here we go. Uh, slowly suffocated in an air bubble. Slowly suffocated in an air bubble. I feel like it's a lack of air bubble. Hmm. Um, and that is a spoiler for Sandman. I'm gonna avoid that. I don't know. 
this this one's actually uh, really sad. It's Arthur Curry Jr. Oh. Uh, and this was like when he was a little kid. That was a like that was in like the seventies, wasn't it? Like that was a surprisingly dark time for Aquaman, given the. the... Yeah. Yeah. Let's see, I just had it up here. I always forget that they killed his son, and then they they did it again like, in the the cartoon. I was always like, "Holy crap!" They did it while he was a baby. Yeah, like they they did infanticide, infanticide, infanticide. Inf- infanticide, I think is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay, so you're two for two. Uh. <sighs> all right, I gotta find one that's like shocking that you can still possibly get. I got one for you while you're thinking. Okay. Um, died in a plane explosion while tearing up the plane. While tearing up the plane? Small plane, very small. One person plane. Died in a plane explosion? Yeah. Not necessarily a realistic plane. Uh, I don't know. I don't think you're going to get it. Yeah, I don't know. Thunderbird... From I don't know the exact issue, but it was basically in his second appearance after Giant Size X Men number one. Hmm. The X Men were fighting Count Nefaria, and he was escaping. The Nefaria was escaping on some type of semi futuristic, you know, aircraft, and Thunderbird jumped on and started like pulling at the, you know, tearing at the plane, and it exploded. Hmm. Yeah, okay. it was Thunderbird was officially the first X Man to die. X-Man. Okay. I uh, I think this one might be too difficult. Try uh, the heck. You want, me, you want me to throw it at you? Throw it at me. All right, hold on. Let me see. Uh, let me just... just uh... Okay. Well, I, I'm in between two. Uh, heck, let's just go with this one. Let's see if you get it. Cancer. Marvel, Captain Marvel, in the death of Captain Marvel, original graphic novel. Are you? Did you just look this up? I didn't. I've known that one for a long time. Wow. When I when okay. I had um, I mean when I was young, I was surprised. Maybe elementary school, maybe early middle school. Um, um, I my mom got me a book that was like the history of the Marvel universe. Now it's funny being a much more I guess you can say cultured fan now and being like, oh, like the 90s was a terrible time and da da da. But before, like, this was like before, like, I, like J. Michael Straczynski Spider Man run before, like, I was just like, oh, comic books, like, yeah. full time. So I had this book and it's going over histories from like, you know, from like the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, all the way up through the 90s. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're talking about like the clone saga, they're talking about. The like the clone clone saga, saga, the like, time like, that I'm, everybody I'm, forgets happened. Like I'm reading about it, and to me, just reading in a book form, like in like a sort of a historical format, mm-hmm. I'm just like, holy crap! This all sounds incredible. This is amazing. Oh my god! And like, then you actually read it, and you're and like, then, oh, this is yeah. And they got like panels that. like from the comics, like interspersed in between the text, and like I'm like, like oh, I need to find that issue. Da, da, da. Like one time, I was uh, uh, been kind of uh, uh, scavenging and. I remember finding a Thor comic. I believe it was Mike Diodato Jr. And it was a Warren Ellis was the writer. It was, I think it was Warren Ellis that um, was pontificating on the idea that the, the Asgardians were actually aliens hmm. that, okay. that came down, which is like, I was, was bringing that up earlier to you. Um, and it was just like this random issue with 
like Thor and the Enchantress, like they had a panel of it. And I was like, oh, it's like they list what issue it was. And I ended up finding an opinion. I'm like, I'm going to buy this just because. Like just just because I, I remember that from that that sort of Marvel like history book. Yeah. But anyway, the death of uh, Marvel was in that book, and because I've been reading Marvel long enough, it's something that's considered sacred. So around Civil War, they did a sort of shadow, not necessarily a shadow attempt, but they tried to bring him back, and then they sort of heel turned and said, "No, it's a scroll." Um, oh man. You know, so so I, and I Rick Remender brought him back more recently. Um, yeah. A little bit intentionally temporary, but I mean, his his death is pretty significant in the Marvel universe. Yeah, it happened actually in 1982, which is kind of surprising. Yeah. Uh, so, would you have gotten if I'd said buried under uh, tons of rock and earth? Buried under tons of rock and earth. Superhero? Mm hmm. Uh, Terra? All right, you would have gotten it. Well. From, from the Judas contract, Teen Titans. Well, Tales of the Teen Titans Annual Number Three, oh, which is probably the finale of the Judas Contract. Marv, Marv Wolfman, George Perez. Yep, yep. And the new Teen Titans. Anyway, uh, congratulations. Your family uh, will not be stuffed into the blender or the KitchenAid mixer or the toaster. They get to oh, live. Man. You have passed another quiz. Wow, that was pretty good. I like that one. That was. Oh, thank I, you. It's weird that I have such an intimate knowledge of character deaths. Well, I mean, you only got three. Uh, technically, that last one was a bonus. Well, okay, yeah, I wasn't counting that last one. Anyway, I'm, I'm counting it in my heart. Yeah, well, nothing counts there. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Ouch! Oh. Hurt, pain, everything. All right, hey, we have got a lot of news to cover. Let's do it. So I say, let's hop in. Of man, super exciting news that happened entirely on accident. Yeah, I mean, it was like announced, and like a day later, it was like, oh, here it is, but we didn't actually want you to see it. And then, yeah, and then if we just waited a week, if if humanity had just waited a week instead of being pushy and impatient. So what we're talking about here is that Marvel, uh, well, the teaser trailer for Age of Ultron, uh, got leaked. It was supposed to premiere after next week's episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then Marvel realizing, well, crap, it's already out there, but it's a really low-quality version. Let's just go ahead, release the real thing. Yeah. Uh, now, now it's almost as if they prepared for it, because I know when they announced it on this past week's Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., they said the broadcast premiere, which doesn't necessarily omit them from an internet premiere prior uh, to it. No, but so I, I think, think they, they I think they really, I think they, I, I do think they initially, they really intended on release, on showing it for the first time after Agents of Shield, and now, mm. love it or hate it, it's Agents out. of Shield needed the boost. See, that's, that's exactly that's what I was going to say about this whole thing. Is the one that I feel really bad here is Agents of Shield, and you can yeah. tell that Marvel sat down and like we've got this great idea. Oh man, first trailer for. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., or first for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., first trailer for Age of Ultron on our TV show that's kind of floundering right now. Like, it's a great idea. And, <laughs> nope, sorry, guys. It's uh, it's leaked. It's everywhere. Yeah. Um, but let's let's talk about the trailer a little bit. Uh, I never, I haven't actually watched the high-res version yet. But oh, I'm really? I've watched it, like, same. three times. I've, But I have seen the 
the the low res version uh, a couple of times. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm I'm intimate enough with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know what goes on. I mean, obviously this is a teaser. Uh, we don't know the big story. There's a lot of speculation. Uh, the big things that really gave us a look at uh, is really the tone of the film, which is darker than anything we've seen so far from the Marvel Universe. Yeah. It is Ultron uh, saying that he's not going to be a puppet. Uh, he's going to go cause death and destruction for whatever reason. And, uh, yeah, things do not look good for, for the Avengers. Cars are exploding and flipping over. Yes. There are gunmen in the street. Yes. Uh, and there's, there's, a, there's a lot. Adamonium, is that what you just said? Pandemonium. Okay, I thought you were like... I thought you were trying to say adamantium, but you said adamantium because they can't, because uh, of X Men, they can't use adamantium. They have to, <laughs> have to Adamo- rename it. Adamomium. Adamomium. Yeah. And adamantium. We saw that no, there was no that there's a lot of military action coming up in the movie. There is the Hulkbuster suit coming up in the movie, which people are theorizing that the Hulkbuster suit is actually being controlled by Ultron, and it's not actually Tony in there. I think it is going to be Tony because I know that originally there was an idea of in Avengers one where the Hulk was going to be on a rampage and the Avengers first real work together as a team was going to be stopping him before going and doing their bigger adventure that we saw in the movie. And I which, think, and a lot of which was based off of the ultimates volume one, mm-hmm. which when you think about it, Avengers one is a super, super condensed version of that because they do, not necessarily all of them, but Black Widow and Thor have an altercation with the Hulk on the Helicaria. And then it does end with essentially an alien invasion, also called the Chitauri, which all also makes up the first 12, thir- 12 or 13 issues of the Ultimates. Mm-hmm. So it, it actually kind of works out, but continue. I think that that's what we're going to see here. Here's So here's, from what little we have, here's kind of my thoughts on a very loose timeline of the film, at least for the beginning of it. You're going to have Tony Stark is going to build all of his unit, all of his units. That's super inappropriate. All of his crime-fighting superhero robots, and there's going to be an issue, and everyone's going to be like, "We have to assemble together." And Tony's going to be like, "No, guys, I've got this handled. Come to my place. We're going to have a party, and we're going to watch my superhero robots go save the day." Uh, and that's what's going to happen. And they're going to be like, "That's so cool. Let's all celebrate." And as they're celebrating, that's when you have Ultron and his, like, half-destroyed state come into the room and saying all this thing like, puppets and strings. And then he goes off and starts causing his mayhem. Uh, That's my prediction of the first 30 minutes of the movie. Possibly less. I don't know. For what was probably going to be a a two-and-a-half-hour movie, that's a pretty intense first 30 minutes. Okay, so first 45. How about that? give you an extra 15 kicked in there and then ultron's going to do something that's really going to mess up the avengers they're going to have to find it within themselves to come back together something uh about the power of friendship and then they're going to hold hands to stop themselves from exploding wait no wrong movie Oh yeah, I want to see Captain America do a little dance off with uh, Ronan the Accuser or with Ultron. With Ultron, oh man, that'd be amazing. Um, 
Yeah. So are you getting the vibe that there's something going on between the Hulk and Black Widow? There totally is. Like and not like, and not Bruce Banner, straight up the Hulk. I mean, he is the Hulk for a reason. Oh what? Inappropriate. Inappropriate, Nick. Okay. Anyway, yeah. There's some there's some moment in the in the trailer when they're like doing the whole hands up against each other thing against each other yeah. against each other's hands wow i <laughs> the, am the hands are really antagonistic i am really all over the place there. right now yeah there, that that was a little strange uh what, what are your what are your i mean okay so that was kind of my loose timeline uh thoughts on the trailer i, I thought that it, everything looks really cool everything looks great ultron everything we've seen of him so far I was like, oh, he looks kind of cool, not really menacing. But that last shot where he talks, yeah, and he says that no whole "there's no strings me. on me." Like, for some reason, that I was like, yes, Ultron is awesome. Like, that looks so cool. All these like just still shots of him standing there. For some reason, we're not doing it for me. Him saying like the one line of dialogue. I, I don't know. Maybe because it it took him past that like cold, emotionless face. And I, I, I don't know. I'm all over the place on that one. But that's the shot. I, that... It looks like they're kind of doing an Optimus Prime thing, movie-wise, where, like, he has sort of the more humanoid face, and then, like, he gets, like, a mask to cover it. Because that original Entertainment Weekly cover mm-hmm. has him with his more traditional Ultron face. And then in the movie, he clearly has sort of, like, a Optimus Prime-y, Megatron-y, you know, like, he actually has a mouth and can talk. Mm-hmm. In a beautiful, beautiful James Spader voice. <sighs> It's so silky smooth. Yeah. Uh, anyway, what are your thoughts on the trailer? I mean, I'm excited. It's definitely gonna definitely looks like there. I mean, at least this trailer. I I don't think it's it's gonna go without sort of the patented Joss Whedon humor, but Joss Whedon's always been sort of a, a gallows humor guy at best, like humor mm-hmm. in the most direst of situations. But it definitely sounds like they're going way dark. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I think it, it might be comparable, if not just a, a few ticks above the, the quote-unquote darkness factor of The Winter Soldier, which, you know, was a fairly straightforward, serious film. Yeah. Um, you know, but it obviously had its hum- humorous moments. So I think we'll get a lot of that in Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious if there actually is something going on between the Hulk and Black Widow, especially when you remember that she had an arrow necklace in Winter Soldier. Um, did she? She did, yeah. She, uh, in her... As far as at least when she was wearing civilian clothes, she's seen with an arrow necklace, like um, like an arrowhead. Yeah, like a, like an actual no, like an actual arrow, like okay, you know, head and all. Um, okay. um, I mean, they 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 obviously hint that that she she has a relationship with Clint Barton, not necessarily that it's romantic or anything, but they're clearly close and have a shared experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll be curious to see if. If it's a if this this Black Widow slash Hulk relationship develops over the course of the film, or if it's something that's sort of between Winter Soldier and Avengers Two, that they just kind of say like, "Hey, well, when you weren't looking, this was going on." I'm really excited for the party scene. Um, I don't exactly know. I don't know if we've if it's been revealed about if everyone gets to show up. Like, like say like some of the supporting characters, like Gwyneth Paltrow or Natalie Portman. Uh, I don't um, know. We know Rhodey's there. I know Rhodey's there, which is really cool. I'm excited um, for that part. I, I I hope that Falcon's there. If if he's not, I I would really like him to be there. I would love to have, for him to have been in the movie more significantly because I feel like he you know at the end of Winter Soldier he's like yeah let's go find Bucky together mm-hmm. and then it's like okay well this happens between then and whenever and they Cap find 3. Bucky. 
and he's just like not there, you know? Yeah, the, the, I, I want him to be there, but at the same time, I mean, I don't know. This goes I guess, for the same Black Widow. Black Widow is going to be in the fight. He should be there. But they're just so vulnerable against these robots. The right. Chitari were like at least biological in nature. You could cut them and shoot them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, I don't know, but I mean, at least in the, obviously comic books are different, but I mean, I feel like he's gotten through plenty of scrapes, you know, mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it'd be cool if they just, yeah, I, I'm really excited for the party. I like those moments when done well, those sort of, uh, sort of just keeping it real, you know, moments. Yeah. You, know, you, you got, you got Thor wearing just plain clothes and not his Asgard gear. Which I don't think we, well, we have seen in Thor one, Never mind. Yeah, well, he wears like a T-shirt, and he's like, but now it's like he now he's doing it because he's just been chilling on Earth for a couple movies. Yeah, you know? he's he's the uh, he's the guardian like, of Midgard since since Dark World. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of interesting. Um, I'm really curious that if it is Tony Stark in the Iron Iron Man armor, why Hulk and him are fighting? I mean, unless some big yeah. secret comes out that that like it just seems like like I'm cool with it being in the film. I feel like the easiest way. To to instigate it is that like maybe Hulk or Iron Man are under Ultron's control for whatever mm -hmm. reason, and that that's why they have to fight. If it's something where there's this you know there's, there's obviously this big crazy crap going on with Ultron and Baron von Strucker and and the twins and all of that, and then somehow in the midst of it, you know Tony and Hulk have a, a you know obviously a city block defining scuffle. Yeah. If that to me would feel out of place. I feel like at least if one of them was under some kind of mind control. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. I think think that has to be the case. I I just don't want them to fall into this thing where every movie we're gonna have a scene where the Hulk loses control and the like the Avengers or somebody has to take care of him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that you know one or two movies like cap it after this movie. Yeah, there definitely is something going on with Bruce Banner though. All the shots we saw of him in the trailer, he was not looking good. Yeah, like in his human form. I think that we're gonna get just because we haven't seen a lot of Clint Barton or Bruce Banner in you know the so the the, the previous film since mm -hmm. Avengers one. That I, I do know that they're gonna try and trump them up a bit more in this. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, you know, and obviously it's just the, the it's one of those things where I I'm just gonna be impressed if somehow this movie is gonna be able to take all of its disparate elements and put them together because we still get the vision. However large yeah. or small the role. Yeah, they didn't the show twins. that at all, which I appreciate they didn't show that. But yeah, the twins the are definitely twins, there. You know. Yeah, this is this was kind of my concern after Avengers One. I was like, they did this really well, but now they need like they're gonna keep building. I know their plan for Avengers three is they're gonna focus a little bit more on lesser known. Well, supposedly, that's not confirmed. Supposedly. Yeah, and I still think they're gonna be wrapping things up with Thanos, so you're still gonna have and I, I still think Captain America's gonna die. So, you know, that's kind of all important and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just hard because they want to add in more characters, but you already have a superhero team of like six people that, you know, you, you did a good job balancing last time. And now it's like, okay, we have to balance all of them plus at least three new characters, you know, yeah. at the very least. Uh, do you think they're setting up Black Panther? Because there's been some hints so we see cap's shield broken which the only thing that can break vibranium is you know vibranium for whatever reason uh ultron is like crafts himself a new body probably out of vibranium and that's what people think that andy circus's character is and he's ulysses claw yeah he's connected to uh wakanda or whatever it's called it's possible i mean i i know that, that, that they've definitely had a black panther film in the pipeline 
Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess if anything, the you know, with not being able to use adamantium, vibranium would be the next sort of go-to Marvel metal yeah. to, to trump up in their films. And if they're going to need large quantities of it, they're going to have to reference Wakanda. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. We shall see. Yeah, cool, cool trailer though. Definitely. I mean, I was going to see the film no matter what. You know, there's enough pedigree behind it that you know a bad you know under the under the current creative leadership. A bad Avengers, you know, a bad Avengers film isn't actually as bad, you know, that no, bad. I can't imagine oh, it being that bad. No, I, I don't think it's going to be bad. I don't think that's going to be the case at all. It's just they have a lot to juggle. Yeah. And they have a absolutely. lot. It, it's going to be, it, it's going to be interesting to see if they can make this a great movie. Because you could, you know, they could make this a good movie, a good action movie. But one of the things that made Avengers so great was that we got some really good character development and really good character moments. And it wasn't just, hey, we're going to go around punching things. Exactly. And I, I trust in Joss Whedon, but it is obviously a lot to juggle. Yeah. Uh, also, good on Marvel for uh, playing it up. And they they blamed Hydra when the whole thing happened. Yeah. I said that was a really fun. I mean, obviously, they realized, well, we're screwed. It's out in the open. Let's just go with it. Let's try not to, uh, you know. Try let's not get too serious behind, about it. Behind the scenes, they're probably scouring for the person that. Oh did no, it, yeah, they hate it. On the surface, they're like, "Yep, Hydra." Yeah, because what if it was? So here's a bit of news we forgot to talk about last week. Yes, go ahead and add it in there. Uh, so Hawkeye. Oh, Nick, why don't you go ahead and so and pronounce the, this stuff for us? The Clint Barton book. Uh-huh. It's, it's affectionately known in my head. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it, it's it's been known for a while now that Matt Fraction and David Aya, uh huh, uh huh, Aya, Aya, whatever, that uh, Matt and David were going to be leaving the book uh, after issue twenty-two. Mm-hmm. So Marvel has gone and announced, as of New York Comic Con, that. They are relaunching it with a new number one, and it's going to be created by. Excuse me, Jeff Lemire, more recently of various DC books like Animal Man and Justice League United and uh, other Green stuff. Arrow. Like Green Arrow. Yep, Green Arrow is very specifically being the uh, opposing archer. Yes. Uh, and Ramon Perez, who's known from his webcomic Butternut Squash, but also more recently uh, Spider-Man Learning to Crawl. He did some stuff for Wolverine and the X-Men. Uh, he's been doing a handful of different Marvel stuff over the last few two, three years. Uh, I, I think he has great art, uh, and I certainly enjoy Jeff Lemire. I like Jeff Lemire more on solo characters than I do on team books. Mm-hmm. So I'm very interested to see this iteration of Hawkeye. Hawk, Hawkeye. Look at that! You said it right for once. Oh man, it'll um, never happen again. Anyway, continue. You know, um, I, it definitely on one hand it sounds like you know they're. Just like when Brian Wood took and uh, Greg Smallwood took over Moon Knight, like they don't necessarily want to reinvent the wheel here. They want to keep it with the same sort of tonal, mm-hmm. you know, tonal similarities. But obviously, maybe like I know Jeff Lemire wants to focus on uh, Clint's car- uh, carnal, uh, carnival upbringing, circus upbringing, um, a little bit. Focus on his relationship with his brother a bit more, and mm-hmm. then relate it to the present story. I know that Kate Bishop's still going to be involved in the present day stuff. Yeah, um, you know, but obviously, you've got two high quality but distinct visuals, you know, visual appeals between Perez and Aya. Um, 
you know, so it's not going to quite be the same thing, but it's not going to be quite the same thing, but be the same thing, but hopefully in a way that's distinct enough and, and ultimately develops into its own beast that we can appreciate without feeling like we just wish we were getting more of Matt and David. Yeah, I was really concerned when I first, you know, when when I first heard, hey, they're going to relaunch Hawkeye, are they going to keep it going? I was like, no, that's so cheap. That's, you know, that's cheapening this great thing that Matt Fraction and David Aya have done. And they're like, hey, but it's going to be, you know, Jeff Lemire and Ramon Perez. I'm like, I can't be mad about that. Yeah. Because I really exactly. like Jeff Lemire. And, you know, Roman Perez, he's got, he's got good art. But, it's, you know, specifically more to say, because, you know, as great as the art has been, it's been very defining. It's really is, it's because of Matt Fraction uh, in in a, a large number of ways. And, you know, to hear, like, Jeff Lemire's, you know, the guy coming off of, of Green Arrow, which I loved his Green Arrow run, you know, to have him go on the other Archer book, it's, I, you know... They've got it's hard, me. It's hard to pass up. And it, it, it's different than, you know, on one hand, you know, that arguing about them relaunching Hawkeye and, you know, trying to keep it somewhat similar would be the same thing as if you're arguing like back when Stan Lee left, you know, Stan Lee and Steve Ditko left Amazing Spider-Man mm-hmm. being like, no one can follow up that, you know, or Fantastic Four. Right. Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, like after 100 plus issues being like, who can top that? And obviously these characters have been going on like, there, there, at some point, whether sooner or later, there's always going to be another Hawkeye book. Oh, yeah, you know? absolutely. And it, from a financial standpoint, it makes sense for Marvel to want to capitalize on the on the current success of the series. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it sounds like they are very conscious of the fact that they, they could have aped it and tried to put a team on there that looks basically as a carbon copy of the current one. Yeah. Or they could have gone back and just tried to do a straight-up, straightforward superhero book and had you know had it flop which i'm glad they're not doing yeah that'd be you know, terrible. so yeah you know again they're playing up the fact that, that 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 they have they have a book where they can truly that the people are willing to come to it and looking for a unique perspective and while they're still going on the unique per- perspective train you're not getting mass perspective anymore you are you know jeff lemire is authoritative enough of a writer he is he's he's got his own voice that you know you're reading a jeff lemire hawkeye and not a matt fraction hawkeye. no absolutely they, they they will be distinct enough that it's not going to seem like yeah we're just going to ape it uh now if you know if if you had been like hey they're gonna take off uh matt fraction and uh david Aya and the whole thing's just going to be done by rob liefeld i would probably still be an inconsolable heap in a corner because i I don't know uh how you know why would he need pouch arrows that doesn't make sense pouch arrows what would they even do pouch arrows i love it like when they get to their target do a bunch of little tiny arrows fire out it doesn't make any sense hey nick how do you feel about the fact that she hulk was canceled it's tough it's, it's tough. It's not a book that I had anticipated lasting for a long time. No. And the fact that you're at least getting a full year, I think that if a book gets a year now, well, and that's you know, that, yeah. that's great. If if like I think I think as a writer, as a creative team now in the, in just this current environment, like there's there's no point in trying to be you know not even the major superheroes technically have long ongoing series. They're all been rebooted, relaunched. You know, yeah. you know, a, a hundred times now. So it's just like the same thing. There's just, you know, instead of having a new issue of Amazing Spider-Man a week after it gets canceled, 
you know, you might have to wait a couple, two, three, four years for the next She-Hulk book, but she will ultimately come back yeah. when, well, when the story is right. And I think that's more important. Now, Charles Soule probably could have done, had more stories in his pocket. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, but you know, I, I'm getting 12 issues of a really quality book and you know, it's almost, it's, it's like the line in the dark Knight where it's like, you you either die here or you live long enough to become a villain. Now I never have to live in a world where She-Hulk just gets terrible well, under the same creative team. But that, I mean, that's such a hard thing to say because 12 issues in, you know, that's a couple of, of story arcs. Like, I think he well, probably he probably still had some good stories. Still, I mean, she, She-Hulk, She-Hulk had a big overarching story about this thing called the Blue File. And then in, individual stories, they, they, they peppered right, within through. The, within the so issues. there was actually a lot of stuff going on in these first 12 issues. Yeah. But I think as long as, ultimately, he set off from the first issue to tell this Blue File story, as long as he wraps it up in a satisfying way by issue 12, then, you know, it, it, there, he could always have continued on a new arc beyond that. And yeah. maybe someday he'll get that chance. But I, it's one of those things where it's bittersweet. I, I, I hate that the book is ending. I would have loved to have kept reading it indefinitely. But, yeah. you know, better to go out on a high note than, than you know, wait around for a low note. No, that is true. And looking at this whole thing, it kind of seems like we need to look at the term ongoing. You know, we're, you know when they say, hey, she's, this character is getting an ongoing book, I think we need to think of a new phrase. Because a lot of the time we say this character is going to be getting an ongoing, uh, but you know, six months down the road we're going to decide it's just not working for us. And then exactly, and that's and that's obviously they launch these books with the intent of them right. being ongoing, but it all comes down to sales, you know. Right. Yeah, and that's I mean that's kind of the hard thing. But you have to you have to think a character like She Hulk. Do they really think like, hey, we're going to launch an ongoing, and she's going to be around for ten years before you know. we cancel her? Exactly. That that just doesn't happen in today's market. And it's one of those things where they could do it the way that Hellboy originally done it and just release individual miniseries, basically one after the other, like mm-hmm. gauge how one is and then if it's successful. But the thing is, I know at least with big two comics, you release a miniseries. If it's not a big event book, then it ultimately kind of like retailers totally underorder them because yeah. it, in the honestly, there isn't really a readership for it. So by launching it as an ongoing, you get to say like, Here's a, a brand new book. It's gonna be sticking around. It's a, it's an important story. You know, it's not She-Hulk, the Blue File. This is She-Hulk, everything all encompassing. Yeah. So I was talking to the guy in my shop a little bit about this. I can't remember the name of the book that came out this week. Uh, it starts with an M, and it's basically a it's a double sized issue. So I think it's like five ninety nine uh, or four ninety nine or whatever one of those prices, but it's double sized. And it's a miniseries, but instead of doing six issues, they're doing three, but they're all going to be double-sized. And it's, Came out this past week? Yeah. It starts with it, an is it a Marvel or DC book? It's, a, it's an indie book. I don't remember the title of it. Uh, anyway, I thought that was a really interesting idea for a miniseries, and I don't want to derail us too much because we still have other news that I want us to get to, and we're kind of getting a little low on time here. Uh, but just like because because from a shop perspective, you know you're gonna issue a you're gonna order a bunch of issue number one, and then the readership's gonna drop off. And by the time you get to issue number six of a mini series, you're gonna be ordering way less numbers. Or if you're still ordering that size of numbers, you're gonna be, you know, eating your own profit. That it's you know it's just like the numbers are not gonna be there to support it. But if you do a three issue double sized, people are much more likely to 
stick on for three issues you know like yeah like i'll I'll pay a couple extra bucks because it's going to be over in three months and i'll have the whole story right in front of me yeah no it's it's not i don't think it's a bad way to go yeah i don't know what book is i can't uh i was trying to find it it up it's i mean it's fine oh all right let's we got we gotta continue on here so december we've known a new robin is coming and i have said on the show if it's damien i will be fine with it I you know I like Damien I want more of him but I hope it's not going to be. And then Peter J Tomasi or not Tomasi it was Gleason right or no it was Peter Tomasi. Oh, Tomasi. Uh, Tomasi looking to be ahead of DC has released the cover for uh, Rob Batman Robin number thirty eight. Now he released the full cover which in the the actual solicitations they only show you his his midsection. So they could, they could have, and I, I think the solicitation copy gives it away anyway, but they could have been yeah. more coy in the solicitation copy and just kept that, that, that mid, that midsection, which obviously looks a lot like Damien. Right. But yeah, I mean, they could have kept the, the, the tease going a little bit longer. So the cover is Damien in a very Superman-esque pose, pulling his, his shirt open with the Robin suit underneath and bullets bouncing off of him. Uh... I mean, I'm excited. I know my voice doesn't betray that at all. I'm a little disappointed that it's not more creative and original, and it could end up being entirely creative and exciting. And I can be, I could be eating my own words in a couple of months, and I hope that I am. I just wanted it to be something different, you know. Have yeah. that sense of progression. It's that sense of you know, it's that sense of regression actually. Where okay, it it sounds like Damien's gonna be coming. You know, he he's not going to be coming back quite the same as he was when he went out. He supposedly he's going to have some measure of superpowers. Um, bulletproof possibly being one of them. <laughs> now, now, now where's the, the inherent danger? Well, I think that's um, just for that cover just cause they're, they're uh, so, doing yeah. a Superman kind of thing. Though, though he does apparently, apparently manifest superpowers as a result of his resurrection, but it is one of those things where, okay, yeah, you're changing some things making some things different upon his return. By the end of the day, he's still back, and mm-hmm. how long are you going to keep it up, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. We don't we don't have the whole big picture here. It's right. It's, I, it's, I, like a, I, it's a bittersweet resurrection. Right. It's hard because we, we've, we've said so much on this in the past. Like, I don't really know what else there is to say. Yeah, he's back. Yeah, having the confirmation. This, this is one of those things that I don't, you know, when when his death got spoiled, I was a little more like, come on, like, don't tell me that. This I'm not so upset about, maybe because mm-hmm. with superhero comics, you just expect it. You just see it coming. Mm-hmm. But, yep, that's a thing that's happening. Damian Wayne will be back in December, and I will probably be talking very highly of it in that time. But Dick Grayson is still considered dead by large, by yes. the world at large. And I, oh, I need to catch up on Grayson, man. I'm still but the behind. third issue was really good. I, I, I'm surprised. I hear, like, I hear the people are calling it like DC's best book right now. Some, some people are, and I mean, I, I don't necessarily know if it's their best book, but it's, it's something that I didn't necessarily think I was going to like. But, but I mean, the the, the third issue definitely, you know. It's got me got me more interested. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe because it's it's one of the uh, books that has a little bit more levity, just kind of having a little bit more fun. 
yeah than some other stuff going on in dc and i think people are are drawn to that and i think one one thing that came over the wire on bleeding cool which again rumor site hold of the grain of salt is that dc apparently internally is looking at the success of books like grayson of the new batgirl of gotham academy and so on and so forth and and whatever's coming from dc post like april may from you know they're from you know that they're looking for more books in that vein they're saying let's be more diverse let's be more eclectic and eccentric let's you know let's, let's really do some left of field ideas and see what we come up with because people are responding to that and we're just now realizing this i don't think they were just uh, i don't know i don't think they were just now realizing it. it's I... very clear that dc from an editorial standpoint was very homogenized and a lot of books were trying to more or less keep with a sort of house style yeah, I, I, you know, I do. I will agree with that. And the, the bat books, especially, were feeling very homogenized. Which is, which is then, funny because that's where they're testing the waters. The but most, yeah, but you know? well, now you have, and I, I know that Mike Martz was the previous editor. And I don't know how much of that was his control, because uh, now he's over on the X Men side, and uh, or he's back on at, at X Men with Marvel. Um, but it's, I think it's still early enough days where it's, it's hard to say what kind of impact he'll have on the yeah, new books. Yeah, it's, it's still going to be several months till we see. But, but, I mean, Mark Doyle comes in as the editor of the Bat books, and I think he apparently was, again, pure speculation, but the Bible gang is he was a lot more pushy about getting these sort of alternative, alternate mm-hmm. you know, ideas on the table and executed. And it seems like it's paying off for him, and now DC kind of wants to emulate that across the board. Yeah, which hey, it's gonna you know it's gonna work for us. It's gonna pay yeah. off. Then, I, you know, now you're getting you know if you want your Jeff John books, you get your Jeff John books. If you want your Grant Morrison books, you get your Grant Morrison books. Yeah. But if you want like a Jeff Lemire book, you get a Jeff Lemire book that isn't trying to be like a Jeff John's book. Like you can get mm-hmm. true left, you know, Jeff Lemire, something like that. Yeah, I think we're gonna see some very interesting things from DC over the next couple months. With uh, with their books and, you know, as we hear more about what's going on with the movies, because, you know, there were all these rumors going around that they were going to be these dark, gritty films. But uh, I don't know. People, I think they're going to look they're they're looking a lot more at what people want than I think people think. Mm-hmm. Uh, man. All right. I want one more quick news story just because I just found out about this one. And I think it's really interesting. They are making a live-action Archie TV show called Riverdale, which will be developed for uh, for Fox. And the person developing it is Greg Berlanti, who is really on fire right now. Uh, what's interesting is that he's kind of this guy who's been involved with creation of Arrow, The Flash, and Supergirl, and now he's working on Riverdale. Uh, do we need a live action Archie TV show? <laughs> yes, I've, we do. I posit to the world. So here are more details on the Archie characters who will take up the leaf to TV. This is from uh, the article that I'm getting from Comic Speed. Uh, the series will showcase the eternal love triangle of Archie Andrews, girl next door Betty Cooper, and rich socialite Veronica Lodge, and will include the entire cast of characters from the comic books, including Archie's rival. Reggie Mantle and Slacker best friend Jughead Jones. Man, these names are great. Popular gay character Kevin Keller will also play a pivotal role. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, let's see what they say actually about the show. 
fictional town set in the present the series offers a bold subversive look at archie betty veronica and their friends exploring the surreality of small town life the darkness and weirdness bubbling beneath riverdale's wholesome facade so it seems like there's going to be some weirdness here yeah like, you know archie really seems like it's, it's in a bit of a renaissance right now well, what the heck is going on at archie comics they just are going all out. Did I we, mean, did we talk on the show about uh, Archie meets Predator? I don't think we did. We haven't mentioned it. I that, mean, that, after Afterlife with Archie was huge for them. After, yeah, it was so big, and now they're like, "Hey, what's the next weird idea we can do with Archie?" Well, now now they're doing like I know that Sabrina the Teenage Witch was a big part of it, and now they're doing like a much more serious Sabrina the Teenage Witch book. Yeah, I good for them i mean it's working for them i have not heard this much about archie in years i mean archie is kind of archie's repetitive an, Ar archie's archie like you pick up right. an archie book and that's what you get archie's an eternal source of archiness whatever that exactly means but i i i don't know a tv show man they're blowing my mind good for them Hey, if it goes off well, it goes off well, you know? I don't know. I could see... I mean... I could see it being terrible. But, I mean, I... I don't know. I guess we there's so much we don't know. But as if you... If I, like... I feel like if I walked up to somebody on the street tomorrow and I was like, hey, we're getting a... You know, you know, you know Archie from the Archie comics? We're getting a live-action TV show and it's... They're gonna kind of take a surreal look at everything. Like, this person would probably be like, why are you talking to me right now? I'm just trying to shop with my family. And then, you know, I have to start punching him in the face till he answers my questions and the police get involved. And I don't really know where the scenario is going. But you get what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. life. Anyway, I say that we uh, do our recommendations and get out of here. More specifically, let me do my recommendation because I'm pretty sure Nick doesn't have one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm looking at the show notes, and all it says is not Revival. Okay, well, I recommended Revival last week, and I haven't changed it. So <laughs> You're I, recommending... I, I didn't want you to get confused. You're recommending everything except Revival. No, but in all serious people, go pick up Revival. Um, <laughs> well, we're on the subject. But, but yeah, I, I don't have one. Okay, well, let me do mine real quick. Maybe you can think of something. So I'm recommending Superman for All Seasons. I just, which I've never read, and now I'm really curious to hear about because I know it's kind of one of those books. Yeah, I can't find my copy. If I can, I'll I'll send it to you. You can get a read on it. Sweet. I'll never give it back. Ah, uh, man. Boo. So, anyway, it came out in 98 from my one of my favorite uh, writer-artist teams of Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, who uh, are known for their superhero color books. Uh, and in this book, they wrote about Superman with a really tiny face. That's the one complaint everyone really has about this book is that Superman's face is really tiny. Anyway, it takes the place. It takes place over about a year, uh, from spring through winter, and it's not. It's it's not explicitly an origin story, but it is about Clark Kent becoming Superman. And what I really like about this book is that it is really the true blue Superman that, uh, you know, Nick, you and I have talked about how we we really like 
the true blue character. There's a, there's a place for it, and we we don't really get that in this day and age, and we you know we kind of miss it. And this definitely is is true blue. You know, the corn fed, farm raised Superman. Mm-hmm. And you have, you know, you you have him kind of struggling with that identity of who is Clark Kent and who is Superman. And I, I don't want to give uh, too much away, partially also because I haven't read it in a while, but I was reminded of it the other day and that I really, really liked it. And I, I really think that more people should go out there and, and check it out. If you really want to get a look that's a little different from the Superman that we've gotten lately, but a, a book that I would say is very iconic Superman. And it is, it is, it is who Superman should be at his mm-hmm. core. Go check it out. You can get it in trade just about anywhere. It should should be relatively cheap. It's only four issues. Awesome, yeah. I'm definitely going to check that out. Yeah, apparently it was uh, inspiration for the television series Smallville. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. (laughs) Which you've watched a lot of. Yes, actually. I think I got up to season seven, and then that was uh, the last season I owned. No, I got up to season six. Season seven has Bizarro, which apparently is supposed to be good. Because I so here's the here's the deal with Smallville. The first couple seasons, good. It kind of knows what it's doing. It's having fun. It really drags out in the middle. Kind of like mucks around for a bit. Like mm, we don't want him to be Superman, but he's kind of Superman. And mm-hmm. then it gets uh, from I haven't seen the last like three seasons. Uh, apparently the last three seasons is where it gets good again they figured out how to balance the clark kent superman thing really well where he's not quite superman but he's still being heroic Mm -hmm. anywho did you think of anything while i was talking no i did not oh great it does make me want to read superman for all seasons i'm gonna i can't dig around for it tonight because it's getting late but i'll dig around for it this week in a little bit see if i can find it and hopefully send it your way Thank you. Uh, and that is the, uh, the end of us sending sweet, sweet comic talk into your ears, dear listener. It, yeah, gotcha. If you want to find out more about us, check us out at heckyacomics.com. Find us on Twitter at heckyacomics or send us an email uh, at heckyacomics at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at Davluz. You can uh, find Nick. Oh man, I had something. I did. I totally had something for this. Uh, <laughs> you can find Nick not reading Revival. Oh, I'm sorry. Ah, I'm sorry, folks. I'm totally reading it. I knew it. Oh, you can also find Nick not reading Multiversity or Trees like he told me he would. Yeah, that's true. Anyway. <laughs> oh, sorry about that noise, people. Uh, I just got a text and it popped up on there. Uh, anyway, that's going to do it for us. Remember, as always, if you enjoyed the show, then please tell your friends. And if you hated it, then please tell your enemies. Until next time, goodbye. Bye-bye. Um...
worst episode ever.